Hey guys, welcome to the Supercharged Podcast. On this episode, we're talking to Mitch Marchand, who's an EMF guru, and his background is in electrical engineering. So for over a decade, he programmed computers that controlled power plants in North America. This guy just knows his stuff. Yeah, and what's so cool is he inspires people to use technology in a healthier way. Like Lex, I feel that you're a pioneer in a lot of these subjects. When did the idea of EMFs and their impact cross into your path? Oh my gosh, I feel like I've been aware of them for some time, but we definitely did not, I didn't think about it until talking with him. He just really got into it and broke it down in such a fantastic way. And their impact. I think that's what I was so inspired by and have been learning more from through some special people that have crossed my path in the last little bit, mm-hmm. knowing that this world, this history um, of EMS even exists. Um, but we, before we get into this podcast with Mitch, we have to share because he's so modest. Uh, not only is he the founder of EMF Aware and an electromagnetic radiation specialist, he's also a lecturer and teaching assistant in the Building Biology Institute in Mexico. So cool. Not to mention he's a devoted father and husband. Aww. Okay, we are so excited. We just cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. We really hope you enjoy it. Lexi and I are very, very, very thrilled um, to have Mitch Marchand here with us today. He has really nailed down an area that Lexi and I are so beyond interested in, and that's the world of EMFs and their impact on your health, on your families, on your home. Um, and I don't know where to start because we've just peppered him with about 50 questions <laughs> of what we would like to talk about. Okay, I know where to start. Okay, you know where to start. <laughs> so I... Just reading through um, about you and what you do and that kind of thing, I was just telling Danny, my jaw dropped reading just how you got into this and what happened with your wife and that kind of thing. And not it dropped because, not because I thought it was crazy or out there, that kind of thing, but it dropped because I knew reading it how many people could actually relate to it or if they don't relate to this story they could if they kind of knew where to look and the answers and that kind of thing. So would you mind just starting to tell us how you got into this and your story with you and your wife? Yeah, absolutely. I think with a lot of people who get into this realm of electromagnetic fields, EMFs, it's usually due to a loved one who's been injured or, or themselves from it. So back in 2009, my wife moved into me in this small 600 square foot condo in downtown Calgary. And it started out, she wasn't sleeping very well. She was getting these chronic infections. Um, and at night, it almost felt like she was being jolted awake several times. And it was uh, it was really interesting because my wife has, she's a licensed naturopathic doctor. So she has access to all these medical labs and, and tests. And she was running everything from hormone panels to everything. And, and nothing really was kind of fitting together. And then she remembered from her environmental medicine training that, you know, sometimes electromagnetic fields can be impacting your health. Mm. And uh, she had moved to a new clinic about the same time. So she bought the meter to measure the clinic and the clinic all turned out fine. And then when she brought it home, it was just off the charts. Whoa. So it was just, it's just so interesting, you know, myself being an electrical engineer at the time was like, you know, this is, this is interesting. This is this is kind of an interaction of the, my electrical world with my wife's world, which is the yeah. medical world. And I really started to look into it. And, and the more I looked into it, the more things were kind of starting to, to line up and make sense. So we basically moved two weeks later. We were in oh, a wow. new place after that. 
and her symptoms just went away and things were starting to add up. You know, when we go to Canmore for the weekend, she'd feel better. When I worked at home all day, I would even feel worse. Nothing to an extreme level, but it's just like this low, low level, um, you know, foggy brain and and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So when we moved, it just all kind of went away and and that just kind of, uh, I had a change of life purpose after that. And we started a naturopathic clinic with my wife and I started doing this building biology training and uh, one thing led to another. So eight years later, I'm still doing this and we've done it to hundreds of homes and businesses. And it literally, I'm getting the same type of response than that, that my wife did. Sometimes it's not immediate, but there's been these small changes that we make in, in somebody's electromagnetic field environment that can have a huge impact on their health in yeah. a positive way. So, um, yeah, so that's, in a nutshell, it's the story. Thank you for sharing. I, it's just amazing to me, like, just thinking of how many people are, wherever you are, in your office or in your home or wherever it is that are kind of going through all of their symptoms or not even really noticing that they have these low-grade things if they're sitting there all day. And like your wife, going through all of these different tests and this might actually be something that helps solve all their, all your life problems. Um, what is an EMF? Like, I was trying to explain this to my kids the other day and I was like, hmm, your dad might be a good one to ask that. Like, what, what is it? What the heck are these things? So the, the best way to start is, you know, electromagnetic fields, you know, there are natural forms and human-made forms. Okay. So if you take a big picture of this thing called the electromagnetic spectrum, on one end, you have the DC field of the Earth, which is what a compass is, right? Then as you start increasing these things called frequencies or cycles per second, we get into 60 hertz, which is the electrical wiring okay. in, in, your, in, this, in this room that we're in. Um, then we move up into things like dirty electricity, those are increases into thousands of, of cycles per second. Um, that is due to things like um, uh, power supplies, um, the switch mode power supply specifically. Anything that's had, that, had, that has a circuit board in it, like a TV or, a, or a, a cell phone, has to convert the AC electricity that comes in your walls to yeah. DC electricity, which is what all circuit boards use. So that conversion process can create dirty electricity along with dimmer switches, compact fluorescents, and whole other series of other things. So if we started increasing even further, we get into things called radio frequencies. Mm-hmm. And radio frequencies, it has to do with things like AM, FM radio, airport radar, cellular, Wi-Fi, cordless phones, all that type of thing, kind of the wireless tech. Right. Um, and then if you keep, yeah, then if you keep going up, we hit another natural form, which is called light. Light is an actual electromagnetic field. It's just a natural one that we've, we've evolved with. Yeah. And then... Uh, After light, we start getting into things called ionizing radiation, which we get into gamma rays, x-rays, nuclear medicine, um, you know, those type of things. So for years and years and years, we thought, well, just this high energy ionizing electromagnetic fields, we saw almost immediate effects, right? Uh, When they started x-raying people's feet in in malls, that's what they used to do to, to fit shoes. Right. They found later on that there was, you know, higher instances of certain diseases and cancers after doing that. So the ionizing thing has been known for for a long time. And that's mostly because we see the effects quite quickly. The non-ionizing radiation, which is everything that we talked about, the the wireless technology and the electricity, those ones there, the, the debate is, you know, if it can't heat us up, 
then it's not really doing anything. So all our safety guidelines are based on that. So the interesting thing about all of this is all this human-made stuff, whether it be the electricity, these radio frequencies, or this wireless tech, in nature, there's this thing called an RF window, or a window, and there are no, none of those frequencies in, in a natural state. So basically what happens is the sun emits all the frequencies of the whole electromagnetic spectrum. The magnetic field of the earth shields us from a good chunk of it, mm -hmm. and only a certain amount comes through light, then nothing, and then uh, the DC field of the earth. And what we've done as humans is we started to populate this radio frequency window with these, with these different frequencies, but naturally that does not occur. So yeah, so, so that's basically what these electromagnetic fields are. Um, they get radiated out from, could be the wiring in your walls or from your, your phone, uh, your cell phone and stuff like that. So they are invisible okay. and yeah. we need kind of special meters to, to measure them right. and detect them. And it, it I mean, it, it's just one of those things that people, if you can't see it, it's like, well, I can try and ignore it. Or like you said, it's um, something that can happen long-term. It's not those immediate effects that you get from an x-ray on well, what are, like we, like we touched on fogginess and kind of more infections, but what are some of the symptoms like that you would be aware, like, so now there's just a higher incidence of EMFs in our home that are making us more susceptible to bodily breakdowns. Like what are some of those yeah, so common? So the, the, the symptoms can be categorized in three different groups. One is cancer. One is reproductive. And the other one has to do with neurological and hormones. Wow. So the neurological and hormones is what we kind of consider electric hypersensitive people. Um, and then, so that affects kind of a smaller percentage of the population, but everyone is affected by the biological effects of electromagnetic fields when it comes to reproduction and fertility yeah. and cancer. Mm -hmm. So there are literally thousands of studies on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, like everybody those are some hard Think categories. It's that. not just like, like spiritual, emotional, physical. Like, yeah, no, this is cancer, reproductive, and yeah. Yeah, so just a quick list, like cancer, leukemia, breast cancer, brain cancer, heart cancer, saliva gland, testicular, and just general DNA damage have been linked. So that doesn't mean that this is the root cause of all right, of those, right. but it's either a factor or a cofactor in some of the cases. Right. Um, so for example, with brain tumors and things like that, they're finding higher incidences of, of saliva gland tumors and tumors in the brain on the side that you use your cell phone. Okay. Right. So, it, so just yeah. so people know, this isn't, um, we're going to go into some ways of how to, uh, help you and your family and that kind of thing. So this is not just about like telling you all the things that can go wrong. No, no, absolutely. No, it's empowering. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we want to empower you. So yeah. Mitch, the empower is here with us. Yeah, so, 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 so that was just a cancer. As far as reproductive, there's miscarriages. Um, there's some studies, just offspring with people who are high users of, of cell phones mm -hmm. with ADHD and emotional stuff. And there's also male and female fertility. With male fertility, there's over 191 studies affecting male uh, sperm vir vir virility. Um, and then there's just, uh, and then when you get into these more generic areas where people are actually hypersensitive, it gets into this kind of thing of like, uh, you know, headaches, short-term memory loss, fatigue, um, cardiovascular depression, irritability, um, blood sugar, MS, Parkinson's, asthma, um, you know, opening up the blood-brain barrier, kind of all this generic stuff. And a lot of them 
a lot of these symptoms here go, go coincide with like mold toxicities mm -hmm. it kind of overlaps and also with Lyme uh, which is also okay. a bigger thing so it, it's kind of this this um, this kind of catch-all bucket that they're finding and uh, but they're finding when people reduce their exposure uh, from these things and get some support for their immune system detoxing mm -hmm. and even some emotional support right. that helps bring move move the needle in the right direction as far as their health goes so you said that you can your wife actually bought and you use when you go into homes like an actual tool that measures it. So do you just walk around like a Ghostbuster? Like a, <laughs> yeah, EMF Buster. <laughs> yeah. So, so 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 the person. Do you do kids' birthdays? No, I'm really <laughs> kidding, that would be. <laughs> no, I I've asked you a lot of things, but not kids' birthdays. But um, I'll get sore of that for your yeah. birthday, your home inspection. Or me, my birthday's next. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so. When we go into somebody's home, for example, um, we want to know what their exposure is, right? What's the intensity of it and where it's coming from. Once we know those two things, we can the solutions basically fall out from there. Okay. So I have some professional grade equipment that I bring into to people's homes that just allow me to quickly detect, you know, what the source is, what's the intensity of it, where is it coming from, and, uh, and and just come up with a plan on, on how to reduce this in the mm -hmm. home. So, you know, we do an audit of all the wireless technology in your home. We physically unplug it as we go around mm -hmm. and try to figure out, okay, how do you use this thing? Do you use it? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And uh, is there maybe a safer way to use it or, or, um, or, or a different technology that we can swap out for it? Okay. Right. So, um, yeah, so we do this. We, we do that with, for the wireless technology in the home, and then we kind of do something similar, mostly specifically in the sleeping areas, with the electricity that flows in, in and around your home. So we figure out what your exposure is. If there's an elevated exposure, where is it coming from? You know, it could be something like a wiring error in your home. Mm -hmm. It could be something called this thing called net current over the water lines, mm -hmm. um, and it could be just from your, the sound machine in your room that has a mechanical fan okay. in it that's putting things away. So. So we just identify what it is and see if there's some other way that, that we can deal with it. Um, a big discussion in people's homes is how they use internet. Because I know Wi-Fi yeah. is, you know, there's all sorts of Wi-Fi devices that kids and, and parents are using. And that's a big discussion I have with them is, okay, how do you use the, the, the internet in your home? And what are some ways that we can do that? You know, you can hardwire laptops and even tablets and, and iPads to the internet. So you, you can have it in airplane mode mm -hmm. and it's not emitting any wireless radiation. So, um, you know, so there's a bunch of just tips and tools that we yeah. use uh, for, for doing that. Is putting something in airplane mode just as good as turning it off or is it a different level of? Yeah, so it, we used to recommend that, you know, just put your phone in airplane mode and you're good. Yeah. What we're finding now with the, the, the actual iPhones, they're, they're a little more sophisticated now where they can turn the Bluetooth back on automatically you know, when you put your Bluetooth off, it's like, oh, don't worry, I'll turn it back on in the morning, right? And those type of things. So when we turn the, the, the airplane mode off, we usually have to go through this little procedure. Okay, show me how you turn, put your phone in airplane mode. Then you want to make sure that the Bluetooth says off. Right. And, and the Wi-Fi says off, not disconnected. If it shows disconnected, it's actually still sending a signal out periodically with it. So even if you're in airplane mode, sometimes it shows disconnected instead of off with a Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Okay. So if you turn off your phone, that's the foolproof, you know, brain dead, yeah. you know, just a simple way of, of, uh, <laughs> of, of knowing for sure that it's off. I know a lot of people use their yeah. phone for an alarm clock and stuff like that. 
Um, so battery operated alarm clock can replace that functionality right. fairly cheaply. How long does the process of evaluation in a home typically take, like a condo versus a home? Are you in there for a whole day, an afternoon, or? So uh, a typical home with two bedrooms, we spend a lot of time in the sleeping areas because that's where you spend a third of your life, and that's where you're supposed to rest, recover, and repair. Yeah. So an average two-bedroom home takes about four hours to complete. Wow. And people are like, what is Mitch going to do in my house for four hours? <laughs> do and, I have to feed him? <laughs> yeah. And every time when I leave, they're like, wow, that was... I couldn't believe that took so long, but it went by so fast and yeah. went through so much information, right? And they usually wish they would have another four hours with me to, yeah. To, yeah. to just pick my brain about other things. Um, but it's just, it's just a process that we go through. And if we don't spend the time to do it, we skip over things mm -hmm. and, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Like knowledge is power. And, um, sorry, I know you were going to ask a question. Yeah, I know. We're like, competing. <laughs> um, is there like a like we live in I live in a condo, Lexi's in a home. Um They're both homes. <laughs> they're both homes. But I share a large space with a number of other people. Like if I'm like to your point of the six hundred square foot space that you shared with your wife, like if I'm doing all the work that I can do in my home and I the same goes to you, Lexi. Um am I still being impacted from my neighbors? You're at the mercy of the people that are on the side of your walls. Yeah. yeah, so there, there's, there's pros and cons to, to both living, actually, mm -hmm. right? So um, maybe I'll just describe kind of the four main types of electromagnetic fields. Okay. And then we'll dive into kind of what that means for a home or a condo okay. Type, okay. Of, type of thing. So there's, there's four main types of human-made electromagnetic fields. One of them is simply just the wireless technology exposure. So in your home, this could be the Wi-Fi, it could be your, your cell phone, could be the Apple TV, could be the Nest thermostat, it could be a number of different things, right? Um, the, then when we talk about the three types from electricity, uh, the, the analogy I use is, for example, a lamp that's plugged in and a fireman holding a fire hose. So when a fireman has a fire hose, it's hooked up to the fire hydrant and the water is pressurized in the hose and the, and the nozzle of the hose is off. There's water pressure in the hose, right? When you plug in a lamp into the wall, there's electrical pressure up to the switch that you turn it on or off with. Right? So the electrical mm -hmm. pressure is called voltage. So wherever we have electrical pressure, it emits an electric field, which is one of the electromagnetic fields electric field, it emits it six to 10 feet away. Holy crap. So what that does in our human body is it couples onto anything that's conductive, which includes us. Mm -hmm. So it creates a body voltage on the surface of our skin. So when I measure anybody's body voltage in a sleeping area, if you're not in a condo, if you're in a house, it's going to be around 1.2 volts AC electricity. Okay. So if we were to measure you in the middle of the mountains, this would be zip, zero. It wouldn't exist. So this is a human-generated voltage on the surface of your skin. So the interesting thing is our cells work on 120 millivolts, or 0.12 of a volt. That's the difference between the inside of a cell and the outside of a cell, on average. Um, so these electric fields, they just create um, a much pressure on the surface of our skin, which just creates bioelectric noise in our body. Now, when the fireman holding the fire hose opens up the nozzle, there's now a flow of water, right? When you turn on the lamp, 
there's now a flow of electricity up to the light bulb that turns it on and a flow of electricity back. So wherever you have a flow of electricity, it creates current, mm -hmm. and current creates a magnetic field. And a magnetic field induces current in our body. Again, this is a human-generated current, 60 hertz AC. Um, and if we were to stick probes in you in the middle of the mountains, uh, it would be, we wouldn't get any AC current. Uh, but in, when we're in these electrified environments in the cities and stuff like that, there's a current induced into us. Um, so that, again, creates this bioelectric noise in our body and just, um, yeah, creates this bioelectric noise. So, um, yeah, so the interesting thing about your lamp is there's two wires in the cord of your lamp, right? One going up to the light bulb and one returning. And the magnetic fields typically cancel because the current is in equal and opposite directions. So the, 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 the magnetic fields cancel as a result. So, but if you have a wiring error in your home where the current is not equal in opposite directions in the wiring in your walls, then it can create a, a large magnetic field in your home. Um, and there's small, like things called point sources, like these little black chargers, uh, black box that you plug into the, the outlet, we call them wall warts, that go to your cordless phone or maybe to your printer or, you know, it could be the little black box on, that, uh, that uh, your laptop is, is hooked up to. So those create a very high magnetic field really close, but they dissipate quite quickly. Mm -hmm. So when we go into people's homes, we just make sure those aren't around their bedrooms. So the last one when it comes to the electricity component is called dirty electricity. And that's simply the electrical noise riding on the electrical system in your home. So this noise can be created by switch mode power supplies, compact fluorescents, sometimes energy efficient appliances, solar panels, um, uh, people who have uh, electric cars and the chargers for those. That's all considered dirty energy, despite being pro-environment. It, it, it's very environmentally friendly as far mm -hmm. as uh, from that aspect, but it can, I'm not saying in all cases that's yeah. the case, but it can create some dirty electricity in the environment. Yeah. And that dirty electricity basically creates a noisy body voltage and a noisy current inside yeah. of us, which just is more biologically annoying to the body. So it has yeah. some definite effects Interesting. Uh, on people. So, so those are kind of the, in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at in people's homes. And in condos, for example, especially the, the, the higher ones, um, they use a special conduit um, or they use a metal clad wiring in the walls. And what that does is it shields all the electric fields stay within the conduit or the electrical wiring and don't come into the space. So body voltages are really typically low in condos uh, or high rise apartments uh, because of that fact. Um, so you're only getting the electric fields from the stuff that's actually plugged in to, to the walls. And is this found um, like across the board or would it just be like condos that are made after 2005 or is it like... Yeah, so condos, uh, usually the high-rise condos have, uh, for fire safety, they have this metal cladded wiring and that's what they use. In all commercial spaces, they do the same. Oh, okay. So it's um, an industry standard. Yeah. And that's a relief. Yeah. And in some places like uh, Chicago, um, they have it, it's all homes are done that way. And that was done for fire cool. uh, reasons. But um, but yeah, so, you know, the difference between a condo and a home, that, that's just one of them, yeah. right? Versus in a home, you get higher body voltage, but your wireless technology exposures are going to be less mm -hmm. in your home because it's less dense, right? Right. In a condo, it's more dense, so you have more wireless technology on, you know, on all sides of you, potentially, yeah. coming in. So one's better in some categories right. and, and some yeah. are better than the other. If you have a condo, you know, you just kind of want to avoid 
being close to the elevator bank or the electrical room, right? That's just where all the electricity comes in into the in, into the buildings and gets routed. Um, so you just want to kind of be caught. Where's your unit, and specifically, where's your sleeping area relative to that electrical room or the or the elevator bank? Um, those there, those are just areas of of high exposures. Yeah. So the only real safe place that you're going to find yourself is in the middle of the mountains or potentially on a beach, maybe. Yeah. So it sounds a little daunting when you hear this, right? Like, what am I going to do? But the Wi-Fi in a condo unit is affecting you way more than the Wi-Fi in, in and around you. For example, whether it's a wireless technology, whether it be the Apple TV, the Nest thermostat, your laptop, or your cell phone, or a cell tower, every time you double your distance from it, you reduce your exposure four times. Oh, wow. Right? So, and if you double that distance again, it reduces it 16 times. Mm -hmm. So it rapidly yeah. decreases as, as a function of distance. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so that's very important is... Oftentimes we find what's in your control, what's in your house is affecting yeah. you way more. The Wi-Fi route in your house is usually affecting you way more than the cell tower you can see 800 okay. meters away. So that's a little more empowering to people that yeah, you know what's in their control is what's affecting them the most. Yeah. And same thing with the electrical wiring, right? It's, it's a lot of the times there's wiring errors or just different devices in, in a person's home that's affecting them way more than the power lines outside. Oh, okay. So if someone's, it, you do this like for people that are like looking to move and going into their new place. So it's not just the home that you're in right now, which is really nice. You can go into someone's house beforehand or wherever it is to measure these things. Is there um, like an optimal distance to be away from a cell tower or like, how does that work? Yeah. So um, there are kind of, there's a number of things that actually affect your exposure from a cell tower. One of them is distance. Uh, but what's kind of more important is if you look out your bedroom window, can you actually see the cell tower, right? If there's something in between you and the cell tower, that's a good thing, right? Okay. Especially if it's trees, trees store a humongous amount of water and water can absorb or reflect the actual radio frequencies. Wow. So evergreens work really well because they're green all year round and they store that water all year round. Uh, right now it's, uh, the leaves are starting to fall off the trees and Basically, if I measure a home now and I measure a home two weeks from now, two weeks from now, the elevation, the, it'll increase the, the exposure when the trees drop if wow. there's a cell tower uh, nearby. So plant some coniferous trees in your yard. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes sometimes that, that, that's, a, that's a strategy that, that can work for people. But yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's distance is one factor. One is how many of those gray, long rectangle things are actually pointing in your direction. Okay. Uh, I did a, an assessment in Fernie. Uh, Fernie's in a valley. The home was right adjacent to a cell tower, but the cell tower was pointing up and down the valley and the home was at right angles to it. And the home was getting no exposure from the cell towers. Cool. Oh, right. Okay. So, really so chances are that they'll add more antennas, but they'll be pointing up and down the, the, uh, the, the valley and not across. Uh, so I said, you know, if you want to go ahead with this, just know that, you know, there is a chance that they can put one across yeah. the, the valley, but uh, chances are they're just going to add more up and down the valley for the biggest coverage. Um, so in that case, I had no issue with that, yeah. right? So it's kind of a rare situation, but um, most of the time they're in, in groups of three, uh, but this one was just pointed up and down the valley. So in that particular case. Can you hear it? Like if in those really quiet moments, like even before sleep, or maybe people are waking up in the middle of the night because of something like this, like 
can you hear the EMFs? Like, uh, well, like power lines, you you hear something called the Corona effect, the bzzz, yeah. Bzzz, yeah. sound, and 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 that's just a that that's a, that's a that's a physical sound, like that's a pressure wave, that's a right. it's it's a physical sound. Um, you know, there's people that get tinnitus, the ringing in their ears, yeah. from this, um, and. Uh, you know, a lot of times if you go camping or out backpacking out in the middle of nowhere, sometimes it takes like two or three days for that sound in their ears to just calm right Quiet. down. There, there's other reasons for tinnitus and ringing in the ears. It's not all electromagnetic. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there are other reasons for that. Uh, but in some cases, that, that can be an effect. Um, right. So, um, so yeah, some, some, some people claim to hear it. Yeah. Right. And, and it's called electromagnetic hearing. Uh but it's not very common no. and it's not very well understood yeah. on, on why that is. Yeah. Not to say that it doesn't happen though. Like, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so what, you touched on this a little bit, you spend a lot of time in someone's bedroom because that's where we spend a huge portion of our life. What are some of the things, aside from going around your house and spending half an hour as your bedtime routine unplugging things and that kind of thing, what are some of the main, like, are all about convenience and quick and just efficiency so what are some of the things that are the best to do right before bed to get the best sleep and yeah so least exposure so um sage and zelter protocol is done specifically for autistic kids and it's three steps that anybody can do and it doesn't cost anything that reduces the exposure um, in the bedroom dramatically and what they found is it helped 80% of the kids reduce their symptoms of autism significantly in a matter of two weeks. So I'll, I'll just show you what those three things are. And it's called, sorry, Sage and... Sage and Zelter. Uh, it's just two doctors that, 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 that oh. developed this, uh, Tori Zelter and, um, and, and Sage. And yeah, so it's a three-step process. One is to turn off the Wi-Fi at night which you're not using the Wi-Fi while you're asleep anyway. And the fact is with Wi-Fi, it's transmitting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whether or not you're using it or not. Yeah. So that's that. that Click, turn it off. Turn it off. Um, the, the, the second thing is to, um, they turn, they, I believe they say turn off all the phones in the home. Uh, so you turn off all the phones and make sure that there's no baby monitors. Uh, make sure those are all turned off uh, in, the, in the sleeping area. And the third thing is to turn off the breaker that controls the power to the lights and the outlets in the bedroom. Oh, okay. The breaker. That's yeah. sufficient. So what the first two steps do is help reduce the exposure from wireless technology. Mm -hmm. And the last one helps reduce the exposure from the electricity in the room. If the electricity doesn't exist in the room, then you don't have the electric fields, magnetic fields, or dirty electricity in the room. So it's a root cause thing. So, um, yeah, so... You know, we basically do that same protocol more surgically when we do it in a home and we do it for multiple rooms, yeah. um, uh, for the multiple sleeping areas. And, and, and it's a similar type of thing, but this is something that anybody can do. If you do turn off the power to your bedroom, you just want to make sure the smoke alarms work. Sometimes they're tied together. Mm. Make sure your fridge, your, your freezer and your furnace and your aquarium or whatever system critical things right. you have. But it's something that, you know, if you can do that in a room, turn off the power and turn off all the Wi-Fi, um, you're doing amazing. Um, and just try it out. Like, 80% reduction in symptoms for... Well, it helped 80% of the kids reduce their symptoms significantly. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
and that's like the home is an amazing starting point like we're so aware of the foods we're eating the yeah. thoughts we're thinking like how what can i do better what can i do better but like this is a reset for your family i think it's really yeah. incredible. the big ones are the cordless phones and the wi-fi mm. turning those off have a significant impact in their quality of sleep and also what we do is we de-energize the rooms tell you which breakers to turn off yeah and i get people to try it out for a couple of weeks and if you notice a huge impact in your quality of sleep or how your child is acting or any benefit whatsoever, you can get something called a kill switch installed, which you hit a button. It works like your garage door opener. When you touch the button, the button lights up on the little remote. And then there's a device downstairs that basically disconnects those circuits uh, wow. for you. So that's, that, that, that's, the, that's one of our go-to. I, I don't sell a lot of products or, 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 or push a lot of shielding technologies. But this one here just deals with the root cause, yeah. so we do like to use this one quite a bit. What and about who doesn't like something that's just at the press of button? Yeah. You mentioned like shielding technologies. Like, are we like these are like the steps you just outlined? Those are super simple. Are we buying into the wrong products if we think that something can shield us? Are we? <laughs> yeah. I've just recently purchased a ton of things, so, being inspired by our <clears throat> meeting. Um, but I mean, they haven't come in the mail yet. But do they work? Right, so there are um, there are different technologies out there, and um, the technologies that I like to use are ones that I can prove are working or not working with my meters, mm. and my meters are based in physics. So with every single shielding technology out there, there's always a pro and a con to it, okay. and you just have to understand both before you implement them. Um, one of the things that, that, that some people use is uh, a bed canopy, for example, right? So, or, or sometimes they just put a fabric up on their, on their uh, windows as well to block a cell tower that's outside, mm -hmm. right? So, so, so let's just use that example. Someone can see a cell tower outside their window. They put up this Swiss shield fabric as, as a curtain. Uh, and what that does is it, the way that it works with radio frequencies is it reflects the, the cell tower signal that's, that would come in through the window away from them, right? So that's, that's the pro. The con is that it, if their Wi-Fi router or anything from inside their, their home hits that window or that fabric, it's going to reflect back at them and increase their exposure. Wow. Right? So, so there's all these things. People use bed canopies. Uh, so bed canopies is a, is, is a, is a shielding cloth. Inside this cloth is basically a silver thread that's wrapped in cotton that's woven into a, a fabric. So it's basically this fine metal mesh that you put around your bed that looks like cloth. Okay. So when you do that, uh, you have to de-energize the room. Well, I say you don't have to, but it, that's what's most compatible with most people. Because if you don't, your body voltage will go through the roof. Because there's this metal cage around you, it's going to attract the electric fields. Electric fields re-radiate inside and cause your body voltage to go up even higher. So it's not, it, it so they, they do work. They you do. just have to take the steps in order to protect yourself even further. There's just kind of like an asterisk on it, right? Yeah, and what we always recommend people is is whether you get your own little meter or, or get some help from somebody like me, but you know, when you install this stuff, just make sure it's doing what you think it's doing, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Just confirm and get, get some measurements taken because, um, you know, the do-it-yourselfer sometimes doesn't understand all the intricate details on, right. on yeah, put up the bed canopy, you've eliminated your, your radio frequency exposure to pretty much zip, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. but your body voltage has skyrocketed unless you turn off the power in that yeah. room. So it's, it's it's all these things can play an effect. So if it's if they're not sometimes they say, well, that didn't do anything. I feel worse. Well, yeah, there could why. there could be a good reason for that, yeah. right? So what about those? You see those little Instagram ads that it's like they have the meter and it's like now there's frequency, now there's not, and they put it over top of their cell phone. So they've got these little stickers and that kind of thing. Are those the same type of materials as that? And is there pros and cons to that or do they even work? Yeah. So, um, it, very good question. Very common question. You know, we, we get the question with the pendants, with the, with the crystals, uh, with the, the holograms and, and those type of things. So the way that those are working is they're working at an energetic level. Okay. And they're working at an energetic level where the root cause of it is at a physics level. So those are two different levels of, of healing, yeah. say, right. And when you want to deal with something, whether it be a headache or, 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 um, or any, any illness, you want to deal with it at the root cause mm -hmm, right. level, right? So you really want to fight the physics with physics and, you know, the metaphysics or, or the pendants and the harmonizers, they just try, try to help your body deal with what's going on. So, um, the, you know, they can be very important for helping somebody who's actually hypersensitive right. move through what they're moving through and move to a healthier spot, but they're not good long term. A lot, lot, a lot of the time when people are using this for for long term is they just find the effect fizzles, hmm. right? Um, it's just like kind of keep taking an aspirin if you keep getting a headache, right? Sometimes that won't work all the time. Right, you're not dealing with the actual. Right. Yeah, and and in 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 my line of work, uh, a lot of people are dead against uh, dead against it uh, for the sole purpose that. With their physics meters, they can't measure anything going on, mm -hmm. right? But if you actually measure someone physiologically, you know, there may or may not be some benefit. It could be placebo, but, you know, I find if it's helping people move through something uh, and, and, and get some just feeling a little bit better so they can take that next step, that's great. I just don't see it as a long-term uh, type of solution. Right. Yeah. So aside from, like, your, you just, people, just keep your phone away from you as often as you possibly can, or if you're on it, use ear, like wired earphones. And yeah, so, so cell phones are very interesting, right? Um, just because they're really close to our body and people love them, right? right? Let's be honest, they, <laughs> they, they are, it's, it's a little weird, uh, but yeah. So with cell phones, um, you know, the idea is if you hold it right up to your head, right? And if you double that distance, even if it's just a centimeter, you've reduced your exposure four times, mm. right? So you really want to keep it as far away as possible. So if you're using um, a speakerphone is a simple way to do that, yeah. right? The other way is to use, uh, there's these things called air tube headsets. So if you use a regular headset that's wired, uh, the wire can kind of act like an, an antenna for certain high frequencies and bring it right close to your, oh, your, your brain. So the, the best practice uses air tubes, which is just a, a tube of air and then the actual wire. So there's a little vibrator, a little vibrating uh, a speaker inside the air tube and it's still, you can still hear what's going on. Are could those... you run with those? Like, is that something? Yeah, you, you, you could. Yeah. They're, they're getting better. They used to be like electric blue and, <laughs> and, and, and very ugly, but now they actually are, are sleek and, you know, it's hard to tell that they're an air tube yeah. uh, headset. Are they easy to get? Like, can you yeah, if you type in on Amazon or wherever, air tube headset, yeah. okay. and 
yeah, they'll, they'll pop up all over. So, uh, and they have the speaker at the bottom, like, you know, they're pretty, they, they're, they're full functioning headsets, right? right? Um, so what say you about the people that are walking around looking like they're talking to themselves because they've got these little things in their ear all the time? And yeah, so the, 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 the Bluetooth earbuds, yeah. um, they are getting quite strong. Um, so in your phone, you have a cellular phone transmitter, a Wi-Fi transmitter, and a Bluetooth transmitter, and a little thing that helps you with the tap payment. Um, when you add the two earbuds in your, in, in your ears, you're adding two Bluetooth transmitters that are talking to your phone, and they're really close to your brain, really close to you, so you don't have that distance yeah. helping you out. And the exposures can be quite significant, like significant. Um, like the new, the, the newer ones, the iPods from, 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 mm -hmm. from Apple and those type of things, they use a very high quality and a higher class Bluetooth transmitter in them. And the signal through them is extremely high from an environmental medicine perspective. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, they are not, they're not recommended. Um, a lot of the doctors that I talk about, they don't want kids using them yeah. specifically, you know, adults who, you know. Things have developed a little further in your brain and everything else, but with, with kids and stuff like that, I know I see a lot of people with them yeah. in, and it's and Oh yeah, it's my husband's good. life's going to sadly change. <laughs> he loves his and... Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of people are using them right now for the Bose ones. They have they have wireless versions and people just use them yeah. for sleep when their partner is snoring. Right. Right? Yeah. Be because they, it, 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 it's just a really high quality in how, your thing, but how, it's affecting their health as well. Um, how new is this? Not the research. That's not the question. Like you've been doing this for several years. You're the only one that we know of in Calgary, like different practitioners in different cities um, doing this environmental analysis in homes um, is growing. Is it growing industry? Is this something that, I don't know, the research obviously is so new, like a product like AirPods is just exploding on the market, but how, how aware are people of of this damage or your practice or industry it's kind of like a capital question <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's uh it, 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 it's it's it's, it, it's interesting each year the curiosity of this increases quite significantly each year i've been doing it for eight years each year it, there's more and more interest in this and unfortunately the reason for that is more and more people are getting sick and frustrated yeah. and can't pinpoint what's going on with mm -hmm. them so when the doctors and the naturopathic doctors when they call me um, it's usually because they're frustrated with their patient because they're not seeing any movement. Mm -hmm. So sometimes pharmaceutical drugs, even home homeopathy and, 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 and herbs, and just general treatments are not working until they actually get down to the root cause of what's, what's, yeah. what, what's fixed. You know? And it's a whole thing where you, you can't get better in the same environment that got you sick. 100%. Right? Yeah. Whether that be mold yeah. or, or EMFs in this case. So sometimes you know, they call me out of desperation. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and, 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 you know, it's not a silver bullet. It doesn't work all the time, but you know, sometimes for like chronic fatigue and stuff like that, they've, they've done the mold testing, right? The Lyme patients have done all the, all, all the, the, the indoor air quality testing. They have the HEPA filters, they have this, they have that. And sometimes by bringing me in, that just helps reduce that other stress on their body. Mm -hmm. Right. And it helps move them to, to, to the next location. The silver lining is it might not impact that direct like illness, but in the future it will tremendously from creating yeah anything else. Yeah, essentially what happens in our body when we're exposed to human-made electromagnetic fields is our body just has to work harder to maintain homeostasis. 
right? Mm -hmm. the, so some people's bodies, their constitution is they can they can deal with that a little bit better. Other people's constitution is 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 they can't, right? So sometimes that extra energy that needs to hold the homeostasis they can't maintain, yeah. right? And that's what tilts things in, in the wrong direction. Right. right. So people that are listening, um, for our cell phones, hold it away from your ear as far as you can. Uh, speakerphone is a better option than putting it next to your head. Those air tubes you were talking about, yes. maybe get a set of those. Um, and there's one other thing that's yes, extremely okay. important. That's what I, was say. Okay, I forgot my thought there, but yeah. So if uh, on your phone, if you look in the top left or top right, you'll probably see LTE or 4G, right? right? And that's using the fourth generation technology, okay? And if you go back to the 3G technology, uh, basically disabling LTE or 4G on your phone, it'll it'll still use the 3G antennas, which are still everywhere. Okay. Um, and sometimes that can reduce your exposure up to 80% what? just by doing that. Um, so, so there's actually a setting in your phone that you can go... Yeah, so if you just search, search on online for, um, you know, iPhone turn off 4G or turn off LTE, yeah. and it'll give you some instructions on, on how to do that. It's really simple. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can reduce your exposure significantly. So, so what's happened, you know, 2G allowed us to text, 3G allowed us to access the internet, and 4G technology allowed us to um, download movies okay. reasonably fast, right off the cellular network, right? So each time we, we evolved, um, you know, there was a, the way that the signal is delivered got more complex and the more complex it got the more pulses and more erratic basically the less natural the signal became right and it becomes more harmful with that but with the with the 4g it, it's just a busier um uh signal so it transmits more frequently uh, with it versus the 3g is is uh is uh it's just a step back from there yeah yeah and then what are we looking towards now what is 5g then Right. So first, I'll say what five G isn't, because this is one of the biggest um, biggest questions that I get. Is if you open up the Wi Fi networks that you can connect to, yeah. and you see whatever a five G on it, that stands for five gigahertz. Okay. So your Wi Fi works on two point four gigahertz and five gigahertz. So that's a band of Wi Fi. We've had that for years. Um, that is not five G. Okay. It's not so, the 5G you think it is. Right. Uh, 5G is a, just a general catch-all term for the next generation of wireless tech. Okay. It's going to roll out in two different phases. One is going to be what we call a lower frequency for using the existing cellular frequencies. So if you get a 5G-enabled phone, it'll, it'll have all the signaling and processing to decode and transmit 5G signals. But it's going to be just like the 2G to 3G and 3G to 4G, the 4G to 5G when it comes to cellular phones is just gonna be more complex, which means it's gonna be more pulsed, and we suspect that it's gonna be more biologically annoying or harmful to the body. Mm. Um, so that's, that's phase one is just, it's gonna pop up on the existing cell towers. Okay. Phase two is kind of the bigger concern is what a lot of people are talking about, that's with the self-driving cars, being able to download movies in seconds, HD videos in, in seconds, and the Internet of Things. So this requires a higher frequency or more information to be passed through quicker. And when 
the, the issue with physics is when you increase the frequency, the distance in which it travels is much less. So in Calgary here, we can sometimes on a cloudy night pick up an AM radio station from Seattle. But there is no way that anyone has ever picked up an FM radio station from Seattle. And the FM operates at a higher frequency, so it doesn't travel as far, versus the AM radio operates at a much lower frequency and can travel further. So what happens if we want the Internet of Things and self-driving cars and downloading these, these movies is the transmitters won't go as far, so we need more of them. So that's what they say on every other lamppost and, and things like that. So if we put them on every other lamppost, it just means that there's going to be an exponential growth in our exposure from the outside world. And, you know, they have quite a bit of physics issues to deal with in order to actually implement that. And it's very expensive to, to, to deploy. So that's working, you know, in the favor to, to slow this down. Yeah. Um, but it is being rolled out. And where it's being rolled out is just on the cellular networks in Australia and the U.S., Right, Canada doesn't have any, according to the Industry Canada database, mm. or the uh, or the Locksell um, database, which is what a lot of the telecom companies use to to look at this information. So, um, so yeah, so it's going to roll in two phases. The interesting thing about these high frequencies is um, they may not even penetrate walls or windows if when they're from the outside. So we may be protected from the from inside our home, um, but they'll most likely have to have a some sort of device on the outside of your home to capture it and then to bring it inside your home and to pump it inside your home. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that, that's just the biggest concern is that, you know, using higher energy, uh, higher frequency, which means higher energy, means there's going to be more of them. So the exposure is going to be increased and most likely we're going to be closer to them because there's going to be more of them. Yeah. Right. So it's going to kind of pollute the out outdoor environment quite significantly. Uh, your indoor environment may be unaffected, um, but there's some serious physics things that they have to deal with. So um, yeah. It'll be a little time before that. Before so that not an up. immediate thing for us where we are right now, but something to keep your eye out in the future. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention to. Is there, I know we touched a little bit on, like, kids are more susceptible to this, and you just quickly mentioned baby monitors. Is there, we get a, a lot of moms and families and that kind of things listening. It, just in the realm of kids and babies, like, what, and, and, Pregnancy also, is there anything special that they could be doing to protect themselves? Is there something that, um, like we were talking earlier about going into school and just asking for the Wi-Fi maybe to be turned off when it's not being used and that kind of thing for the kids? Yeah. You just opened a big can of worms to I which know, we will record another podcast about <laughs> <laughs> for people listening. I just want to give some people some tools like the baby monitor even. It's just such a big one and it's... What aside from for the people that don't want the baby right next to them twenty four seven, what might be something that like besides like a tin can on a string or something <laughs> so that you can hear them? What is there another tool that they could use? Yeah, so 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 the baby monitors is, is is very interesting, right? What what we want to avoid is when these baby monitors are just plugged in and left on, yeah. they're transmitting twenty four seven, right? But you know, sometimes they, you know, there, there's kind of two scenarios. One, you know, the parents want to have a movie night. They want to go downstairs yeah. and they want to turn the baby monitor on to monitor their, their son or daughter upstairs while they're watching a movie. Yeah. Right. If you only had it on for the two hours, which the movie was running, that's not as big of a concern as having the baby monitor just completely left on 24 seven in the room. 
right? Even if you have it on for the two hours, that's not ideal. But um, there are some cases where, you know, the benefits and risks you have to you have to weigh, and, and in some cases it, it it just may make sense to do that. Yeah. That would be the way to reduce it. Ideally, you wouldn't have it in there at all, and you would have just a hardwired D-Link camera looking down. Um, there, there's a there's a, a video monitor of okay. it. So um, I know in the old days we would use our ears. It's an older technology, but um, but you know the what's happened is homes have gotten larger as well, right? Yeah. Um, and multi stories and stuff like that. So sometimes it doesn't always always make sense. Um, <laughs> the olden days we used our ears. That's but uh, but yeah, so um, you, you know, and and moms and dads, you know, their ears are kind of tuned into their kids as well, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So so that would be the ideal case. Um, you know, there's no safe baby monitors. Um, really out there. There's ones that are less bad than others, but um, if you can avoid it, that would, that would be the, the, the best thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's another part. To, you had multiple parts to your question. So one one had to do with like prenatal. Um, uh, you know, there, there's things you can do before you have kids. Um, you know, uh, detoxing and getting any heavy metals out, out of you. Um, just means that you're going to absorb less of these the the, the, the radio frequency radiations. So there's a whole protocol on on prenatal care, which I think is huge that that, that, that a lot of people are missing. Um, when my wife and I decided to have a kid, you know, we went through this pretty rigorous program of, <laughs> of detoxing and and getting things out of our system um, uh, to do it. When it comes to um, uh, uh, fertility, um, you know, the cell phones in in guys' pockets. Um, you know, if you know who Tim Ferriss is, mm -hmm. right, he wrote the four hour work week. He, he kind of does things to the extreme. The only way he can get his sperm virility up was to take the cell phone and put it in his backpack and not have it anywhere on his body. And he tried supplements. He tried, yeah. you know, everything. Right. So it's, it's just a known fact. There's 191 studies on this showing yeah. that it negatively impacts sperm. Mm -hmm. Um, so just have it away. Don't have the laptop on your lap. Yeah. Um, right. And there's even... Some, some studies showing that it's affecting the, the ovaries as well in, in, in the women. Uh, uh, so there's that aspect. Uh, when you're actually pregnant, um, there's some different things. You know, um, I always hesitant about telling people about like the belly armor. So it's a shielding fabric that goes over your belly. Mm -hmm. uh, what I don't want people to do is to wear that and then have the cell phone next to them, right? Or the, or the iPad or, or, or use more technology because of it, yeah. right? You know the, the belly uh, belly armor works really well. It shields you shields the baby from from the, the wireless radiation, and it's just best to you know have your phone away from you. Um, you know you can actually hardwire your phone to the internet um, as well, which is which is really nice. It works quite well for millennials who don't actually use their phone and younger kids as a phone. They use it for texting and for um, for the internet, and they don't actually make too many phone calls. So you can. <laughs> For, for example, the iPhone, you can use iMessage, all the apps, um, and everything except get telephone calls if you hardwire your uh, your phone to the internet, which is just basically a USB uh, to Ethernet adapter that you get for your for your phone, yeah. and you can hook that up uh, that way. So, so I'd rather That's pregnant great. women use something like that. Yeah. Um, and for that, it all makes... Basically, in order to use this, you just have to make it so simple and so easy and so convenient for them, yeah. wherever they use this the most to use it. Um, so yeah, and then when we get into kids, uh, 
kids' brains are thinner and their bones are softer, so they actually absorb, you know, I've heard everything from two to five to ten times more of this than, than, than adults. And it penetrates deeper into them, right? If it penetrates 20% into an adult body, it'll probably penetrate 50% into a, into a child's body, right? It's just a distance thing. Um, so we just have to be kind of cautious about kind of what, what's in and around the kids. And that's why people are kind of concerned about the schools, yeah. right? Um, you know, Dr. Klinghardt, he, you know, he, he said this once, you know, I'm, I'm not really worried about the people who go into Starbucks and work for an hour at a time on, on their laptops. I'm more worried about the baristas where they're eight hours a day. Mm. Right, we're in that constant environment, and you know, similar thing with the kids. Right, if the Wi-Fi is on all the time uh, at schools, you know, that that can be a, a, a an issue for them. And, and it, the teachers too. Well, yeah, I mean, and, you and said the kids are more susceptible, but yeah, these are professions yeah. that are in. And, and you know, and it and it doesn't mean like we have to be you know back go back to these Amish days, mm -hmm. right? But one of the simple things that I think would be really effective for schools was just to have an ability for the teacher to turn off the Wi-Fi when it's not being used, right? When they have to start up the smart board and, and, and everything like that, turn it on, yeah. right? Ideally, we would have everyone hardwired and stuff like that, and that costs money and takes time to implement for schools. So that becomes a huge barrier, but you can get probably 60% or more of your gains by just simply turning them off. Mm -hmm. There's easy things like little remote power bars that, that you know, you has a little switch on it. You just tap the button, and it turns off the power bar, mm -hmm. right? And if you have that hooked up to the Wi-Fi router, right, something like that would be so simple just to turn on and off. Some some schools that I've worked with with policies and stuff like that use a the the timer for like a, the fan in your bathroom, like a thirty minute or an hour timer, and they just hit that, and then it just turns on the Wi-Fi for the hour that they need it, and automatically turns it off. And that just helps with compliance, right? So, so there's there's some really simple things that people can do, or schools can do, um, that probably, uh, you know, it's, it's good compromise, right? Versus going all fiber optics and and hardwire everything from from uh, Wi-Fi, because Wi-Fi is just so convenient to install because you don't need any wires, right? Like I completely right. see what how they how they get there, but there is some simple solutions that you can kind of meet halfway on. Yeah. So, so parents bring it up at your next PTA meeting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Mitch, we could honestly like talk for hours and I am really excited to have you back, um, to talk about kids and just deep dive into that really, yeah. really important issue. Um, you can find Mitch on emfaware.ca, like all of his information, how to book, how to get him, um, in your home, which is so important. Um, but Mitch, how else can we stay up to date on some of this? Yeah. So, um, th there's some pretty key resources out there. Um, some of them is the Environmental Health Trust, uh, so ehtrust.org. Um, they're based in the U.S., but if you want to see what other schools are doing or what other countries are doing to reduce their exposures and different policies and things like that, they have excellent resources on how to reduce your exposure in schools. Um, there's uh, another one by CC Deset, which is a wireless education. Uh, she has a website that has it's specifically for schools. Uh, parents and teachers, they have a module, just a short 30-minute course to kind of get you up to speed on this. And they also have one for businesses as well. So that's a really good resource. Uh, the Building Biology Institute, uh, if you want to learn more about this, has some great online courses that, that, that you can look at, even on specifically like 5G or baby monitors and things like that. Um, they're a really good uh, resource. And then for any doctors out there, um, the European environmental medicine doctors uh, came out with a, a safety guideline in 2016. It's called the European 2016 EMF guidelines. 
and uh, that there is a great resource for them. It just collates all the what's what's considered a safe level and what all the studies are as of 2016. There's a ton that's come out since then, but it's a great resource for a starting point. So cool. This is just my mind is blown. Um, thank you so much for being with us. People share this far and wide. This is something that everybody needs to really become enlightened on and and stay on top of. I think this is. It's not an, I feel like it's taken as an embarrassing topic to talk about, like, that's really like, okay, you're going to talk about your EMFs at home, like, you're, you're crazy. Yeah, some people laugh at it. Yeah, and, and it should be taken so seriously. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the you know, the, the hard thing with this is the evidence defeats doubt, right? And mm -hmm. with us just talking about this, um, it's kind of an abstract thing to think about, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mitch, the stuff that's invisible <laughs> with your fancy meters and your lights <laughs> is actually affecting me. I get it. But when I do these public lectures and, and talks and I actually demonstrate this to actual people, um, that's when things start to come together, right? That's when, you know, the husbands who begrudgingly right. came to the talk are like, oh, oh, that's okay, Mitch, you're probably onto something here, right? Yeah. So these, these demonstrations, so I, I demonstrate body voltage uh, during my lectures. I demonstrate how wireless technology is just electricity that goes through the air. Okay. And uh, and just how this magnetic fields induce current, right, and, and all these things. And, and when you actually physically see it, and, and I do this in home assessments as well, like the body voltage thing is the thing that sells most husbands on, on what I'm doing. Why are they the skeptics? <laughs> right, right. And, and yeah, and you know, it's 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 when you actually see it and, and, and experience it. Um, yeah. You know, just try that Sage Zetter protocol, mm -hmm. right? Just try it out. Isn't Hopefully it doesn't cost you anything. You yeah. might have to buy a battery-operated alarm clock and a, and a flashlight, uh, but just give it a whirl. Um, yeah. Don't yeah. take my word for it. Just try it out, and, and if you notice some big differences, you know, um, it, it can be it can be a game changer. That's amazing. And just really quickly, I wanted um, for the people that might be experiencing any symptom at all, uh, we kind of mentioned who they should go see, and it's not necessarily their title or of who they are, but it's more what they can do and that kind of thing. So what, if, if someone wants to go see someone about this, what kind of things should they be looking for in someone that can? Yeah, yeah, so um, uh, functional medicine doctors and naturopaths seem to be the most open to, to these type of things. Um, and anyone with an environmental medicine training has come across this at one point or another. Okay. Um, and hopefully the doctor knows how to boost your immune system knows how to detox and knows some resources that can help you emotionally. Um, those are the three things that the doctors need to, to provide. I can help and, and you can do some research on your own on how to reduce your own exposure at home. Uh, but it's boosting your immune system, uh, detoxing and emotional support, preferably in that order, um, really helps people who are actually hypersensitive or, or think that this might be impacting them mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, if you yeah, if you think this is going to be impacted, yeah. you find someone that's going to believe you and hear you and then have some tools to yeah. help you. Yeah, that's just amazing information and um, going to have you in my home very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like we had mentioned, you can find Mitch, um, emfaware.ca and...
are any other ads of where to find you or uh, last party? Uh, no, no, that, that's the best place. There, there's resources on the website there for doctors, for just the everyday person. Um, so yeah, just, just have a, use that as your springboard. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, sign up for the newsletter if you want to stay tuned with the, any of the uh, upcoming lectures and uh, road trips that I take to Edmonton or, or other places. So yeah. Yep, we will Great. for sure. Okay, Mitch, thank, thank you. you. Thank you.